Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for Tuesday, February the 7th. Or 27th, wow. February the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2024. It's all about God, family, and country. It's all about the protection of life, liberty, and property. It's all about the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. Uh, You know what? If it's a Jesus revolution, we're in. If it's a revolution, we're out. Those things go bloody and don't go well. We follow the Prince of Peace. We stand for the peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the show. And man, have we got a lot for you. We've got the president and founder of Talkers also known as Talkers Magazine, Talkers.com. It was coined the Bible of talk radio back in the day by uh, Newsweek and others, and it's uh, really referred to as that today for a gazillion reasons. Michael's a very unique gentleman. He's a musician. Uh, he's an expert in talk radio. Uh, he's he's uh, Anyway, the guy's just got all kinds of creds to his name. Without further ado, uh, Michael Harrison, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, it's really great to be with you. What a what a nice introduction. Thank you for your generous words. And I love the introductory music. Whew, that was great. Well, thank you, sir. So let me ask you some questions. First off, tell us about you as kind of a person before you got into talk radio and all that kind of stuff in your in your in your career. Who's Michael? Where'd you grow up? Give us a summary, a little bit. Well, before I before I got into talk radio, I got into music radio. I spent uh, many years in music radio. As a matter of fact, when I started Talkers, I was already a veteran in the industry, uh, starting a new trade publication, which happened back in 1990. I started in radio as a professional broadcaster and have still been on the air in one way or another, and certainly in the business now since 1967. So I, I go back almost to the Hold on a second. Of, uh, Hold on a second. 67 when I was born, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is uh, it, 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 you, you ask bit. a very... You ask a very dangerous question uh, in, a, uh, in an interview with any kind of time limit about my background. <laughs> because you know what's it's, interesting? Uh, I started out like story. you in music radio a little bit. When I was literally three, four, five, six years old, my, friends would, my older brothers and sisters and friends would play baseball and stuff like that. I, as a blind mm-hmm. person, couldn't play, so I'd sit on the sidelines and listen to talk radio and, uh, in the day and, and listen to music on the radio. And I cut my teeth on Wolfman Jack. I worked with Wolfman Jack. I knew him well. We were partners at one point um, in a syndication company, and uh, the Wolfman was a really good guy. Very, very good guy. He's the reason I'm in radio to this day, Michael. All of us have somebody or some group of people that inspired us to to be in radio, and uh, and I certainly think Wolfman Jack is a good one. I go back uh, to uh, the great DJs in New York City where I grew up. I grew up in New York. I used to listen to the original rock and roller, Alan Freed on WINS and Murray the K. And uh, then on the FM dial, when underground rock came about, there was a fellow named Roscoe on WNEWFM, and uh, he really inspired me. And when he left, I took his job. So I, uh, I, go back to the, I go back to the early days of FM rock radio. I was one of the pioneers of the underground and I, I coined the term AOR, which stands for Album Oriented Rock, and um, had, had quite a career, a couple of decades, uh, being one of the pioneers of that genre. 
But I always thought talk radio was one step above it in terms of uh, the skill that it takes and the challenges that uh, a broadcaster faces doing it. And uh, I got into um, I got into talk radio very early. Um, I was doing a talk show at a rock station in Los Angeles, among all the other things I was doing there. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what rock K- station is this? KMET. KMET. All right, because I was a little kid listening. I, I grew up in Southern California in a place called Camarillo, and I used to listen to KLOS rock in the early 70s. KLOS and KMET were competitors. They were right next to each other on the dial, and um, they uh, both were album rock. And um, KMET was owned by Metro Media, and KLOS was owned by ABC, the real ABC, as opposed to you know companies that bought ABC and still use those those magical letters. So uh, no, I, we were we were two powerhouses. As a matter of fact, I hate to, to burst your historic bubble, but KMET is even more legendary than KLOS. Both are legendary stations. So that's it I was is there. True. I I know that I just used to listen to KLOS, and I was young and I didn't know a whole lot better, but I listened to what I could, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> you were listening to one of the great stations, KLOS. And um, but I I was doing it even before I came to LA, you know, back in uh, back in New York. But at KLO, at KMET, I mixed my rock DJing. In those days, if you were a, a, an FM album rock DJ, you were a talker because you had to talk about the music. You did interviews That's with right. artists. You, it wasn't just you know, hey, you know, the call letters and nothing and more. Your best is if you can bring them into studio and have them with a guitar in their hand and get them to to do stuff on the fly, right? Did plenty of that as well. I uh, I had that experience. Uh, I, you know, they, being in L.A. and being at one of the major stations, and I was also at that same time I was the managing editor of a, a now defunct trade magazine that was huge in its day, lasted more than forty years, called Radio and Records, and I was one of the designers of that publication. So when I was in Los Angeles, I was uh, consultant and then program director of KMET, a DJ and the talk show host at KMET managing editor of Radio and Records, and uh, producer of um, many of the early syndicated rock shows, like the Great American Radio Show, Album Greats, The Royalty of Rock. So uh, I, I really was active. I, I, was, I was very, very active. The talk show on KMET really set me in the right direction because I, I believed that talk radio was going to be the big format, <laughs> listen to how quaint this sounds, of the 90s. The, the 1990s. <laughs> and um, so in, in, 19, in 1990, I started Talkers, Talkers Magazine, as a full-service trade publication for what we called the talk radio industry. And the word industry was quite a uh, stretch because there were only a handful, a relative handful of talk stations around the country at that time. And talk show hosts were kind of a, uh, a strange, uh, a strange breed of broadcaster. DJs ruled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just a lot more of them today than there were in the uh, late '80s and early '90s. So, uh, so that's a little bit of my background, and uh, I, uh, I, I have a good time. I, 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 I love what I do. Um, I find that uh, being in the media at this particular time, right now, in the uh, the first quarter of the 21st century to be a fascinating time and, and extremely challenging because every day something new happens and every other day something old is forgotten. We live in a bubble of the present and uh, we're moving at an, an incredibly rapid speed forward. 
So uh, you never know what tomorrow will bring and uh, predicting the future and trying to be ready for it. You got to be ready for the future. If you're ready for the present, you're living in the past. You got to be constantly ready for the future. That is uh, something that nobody can claim they have it down pat. You know, it's, it's, it, as Amen I said, to it's that. Now, it's interesting. Talkers in the beginning was, you know, talk radio. Now, though, it's really the media as this morph continues. We're talking about we all we both started out in the AM world and then it went to the FM world and everything else. And then it, now it's kind of a, a media discussion more than even a talk radio discussion. So it's like talkers mag media, right? Yeah, well, uh, we call it um, business. We called us the Bible of talk radio. We expounded on it and turned it into the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media. We were one of the original sources of information about podcasting, and um, one of our major one of our major missions at Talkers over the years has been to help talk radio integrate into the digital era, and with the digital era and the tremendous success and influence of talk radio, um, it gave birth, it gave rise to so many other forms of talk programming, and that we call talk media, and that includes, of course, cable news talk television. If it weren't for talk radio, there, would ne- there wouldn't be a Fox News channel, there wouldn't be an MSNBC, there wouldn't be a CNN in the style it currently is in, uh, there'd be no Newsmax TV, no One American News, no News Nation, all of these are extensions of the original concept of talk radio, which was to take opinion and put it forefront as opposed to um, reporting forefront and having opinion uh, in the background. And um, that's basically what it is. And so uh, now with podcasting and streaming and satellite radio, um, you can't just limit the word radio to mean AM and FM. Radio is an aesthetic, it's an idea, it's a concept, it's a combination of things, it's a feeling that uh, permeates uh, the entire media today. And what's ironic, it even includes video. Radio includes video. And there's a big difference between radio that includes video and video. Because if if you're doing great radio and you don't do good video, you turn a great radio show into a cheesy TV show. So there's all kinds of interesting theoretical uh, strains involved, uh, lots of uh, theory, and a lot of experimentation. Let's talk a little bit about the opposite being true, though. Just because you can do a great TV show, it doesn't mean that it translates to radio, and it doesn't mean that you'll be a great radio host either. That's kind of what I meant when I said, hey, the radio hosts are a, a, a strange breed altogether. The only one that really balanced radio and TV at the same time well that I know of uh, really is, was Larry King, right? Well, he was a pioneer. Uh, he he was uh, first of all he, he he had a vision, but he was in the right place at the right time. He was doing talk radio when it was a great opportunity. His overnight show on talk radio was carried mostly on music stations. There weren't that many talk stations, and they would put a talk show on in the overnight because it seemed to fit because of the intimacy of it, and um, it, it was a big success. And and then when CNN decided. And, and they were like basically one of the pioneers, obviously, in 24-hour news. They figured we got to break this news up and have some talk. Well, who's the big talk show host that we can go to? We want to be like radio. Well, Larry King. So he wound up with that show that became the the public square for decades on, on CNN. I mean, it was iconic. Even in movies that they would show in a fictitious situation, somebody becoming famous or making the news, they would always have the perfunctory scene where they appear on the Larry King show. 
and, uh, and, and, and yeah, he, he was in the right place at the right time. I don't know if he was all that great in terms of his skills, but he was the right man at the right time in the right place and was a great pioneer for both radio and television talk. And he had the ability to make sure that what you were seeing on TV was explained enough, just enough to where it worked on radio. And the way you can tell that is if you look at sports, you know, whenever it's a TV sports thing, the guys are making commentary and they're talking about other things. and They're talking about stats and they're not doing the play by play that radio requires. And so Larry King, you know, whether he was talented, and you know, he was a great interviewer. He knew how to write, ask the right questions and shut up and let his guests talk. But he also understood how to give just enough to where it worked for radio. Sam, you're absolutely right. And um, that's a good insight into, uh, into Larry King's skills. Part of that also was he spoke to the average person. He, um, he simplified things as opposed to making them more complicated. Um, he used to say, I don't read the book. I, I just come up with some of the questions and I ask questions that my listeners and that I would want to know. I don't want to know too much about any topic because then you over intellectualize it. So he had a, he had a uh, philosophy about uh, being for the common man, uh, and, uh, to be politically correct to the common person. Uh, and, uh, he did a very good job of it. And, and, and you know, his career is, is one of, you know, if there was a Mount Rushmore of talk show hosts. I think that Larry King would be on it for both radio and television. He also knew enough to ask enough questions, detail to, to leave you wanting more. So you'd go research things on your own or you'd go do this or that. He was really good at making sure, you, you know, you heard enough to, to whet your appetite, but yet you wanted more. And, and he'd leave it at that really on purpose because it would happen so consistently. Uh, that was one of his trademarks as well. There's a lot of greats in the business. But I want to talk a little bit about what it takes to make a great host. You know, very few people have the consistency. Uh, there's a lot of decent hosts out there. There's few great hosts. And the difference is consistency and hard work that you got to put in. I say for every hour of talk radio do that you do that's great. You got to do an hour or two. It's like, you know, college. <laughs> you got to do a bunch of work outside of class, too, uh, to be great. You can be good if you just know how to talk and if you're smart. Uh, but to be great takes this consistency and this study that most Sadly, Michael, don't do. You are correct. And um, uh, part of that has to do with the times. There was once a time when you could go on the radio and um, just wing it just because you were there and there weren't that many choices and it was an analog world and you weren't competing against uh, not just other radio stations. You weren't competing against everything like people are today. So you can't just, to use a phrase, call it in. You have to be prepared. And although it hasn't always been the case, if you're a talk show host today and you're on radio or TV, but let's talk about radio because you have so much more time to fill and it's so much more spontaneous. Television is almost completely scripted and it's very short segments. But on radio, you could be out there for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and uh, there aren't enough writers to, you know, to give you material. You've got to really know your stuff. It's not as easy to get people to call in. Uh, there's much more competition for great guests. Um, it's harder to be a talk show host in 2024 than it was in uh, 1984, 1994, even 2004. And um, as a result, you'd better be prepared. But being prepared is not all there is because, you know, college professors could be prepared and they could be extremely boring. And they're so prepared <laughs> that they want to understand what they're talking right. about. You've also got to have some kind of a charisma. There has to be something about you as a person from your life experience, 
from your chemistry, from, from who you are that makes you unique and makes you recognizable and makes you attractive. And that, that's very difficult to formulate. So we'll put that aside, but that is a very important thing. The yeah, you thing, in theater, when you're in theater, they call it stage presence. And when you're on the radio, they call it on-air presence. When you're on the air, absolutely. people know it. Is there, is there, a, is there a, a fight to your game, so to speak? When you, when you enter the room, virtually speaking, do people go, yeah, that's right. I like this. Yeah. That's what you it takes. It takes that unique space. personality. Yeah. And, um, and then on, on top of that, uh, there are so many other factors. I think that one of the things that is really important to be a good talk show host, and it sounds almost cliched, but it's so true, is you've got to be a good listener. You can't be worried about the next question. You've got to be listening to the answer that you got to your previous question so that uh, you can come up with something spontaneous that uh, fits the flow of where it's going as opposed to, uh, your uh, your lesson plan, <laughs> you know, your list of questions, uh, which uh, can uh, really be very narrow and shallow if you don't do it properly. So you got to be a good listener. And, and, and there's one other thing, <laughs> because it's such, mm-hmm. such a spontaneous, fast-paced medium, and there's so much at stake, you know, you're dealing with licenses, and you're dealing with uh, sponsorships, and you're dealing with, uh, you know, big platforms, if you happen to be on one, you got to know when to keep your mouth shut, which just sounds funny to be a great talker. You have to know when to keep your mouth shut because so many careers have been ruined by um, opening your mouth and putting your foot in it and um, either destroying your credibility or worse, destroying your career. Or offending your guest. That matters too. When I was a kid, they used to say, Sam, you got two ears and one mouth. Please use them proportionally. (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. Offending your guests, well, that's a whole other thing. I don't know. Some people have made it out of being offensive to their guests and delightful to their audiences. I don't know if you remember the old uh, Joe Pine, um, people of that ilk who would bring on uh, people that were kind of wacky and then tear them apart on their show, and uh, the audiences would love it. You know, the, the genre of talk in the media has gone through so many phases. So many things are in and then out, and then in, and then out. Um, it's not a consistent, stable field. Um, it's very subject to trends, and it's very subject to fads. Right now, the industry is in a period where it deals with what they call targeted audiences, where you look at the, the population, and the population is not as mass as it used to be. It used to be mass appeal, everybody watch the Ed Sullivan show. Everybody read the same books, whistled the same songs, you know. It was it was much more unified. Today with the fractionalized media, there are these bubble cultures. People live in separate universes in their own communities and the community isn't local. It could be national, it could be international because we're all tied together with the internet. So uh it's um it's very, very uh difficult to get any kind of traction to um to be heard in an increasingly noisy world. And, and in addition result, to that, Michael, if you're not careful as a host, you end up creating your own echo chamber. The smart ones avoid that, too. Well, that's what I'm saying, and, and, and that's the point. The targeting of audiences, and this is, this is a corporate thing, it is, okay, who are we playing to as opposed to what are we, and let's see what we attract. Who are we targeting, and especially talk radio, 
uh, music radio was doing it for years. You know, we're playing rock for the rockers, we're playing country, the country fans are playing classical for the highbrows, you know. But in terms of talk radio, who are we, ta- especially if it's political, who are we targeting? Okay, let's target conservatives. Let's target liberals. Let's target Trump lovers. Let's target people that don't love Trump. And it, it, it's like all of the facts are cherry-picked to create a case. And you give people a, a shot of dopamine uh, to feel good about themselves by um, affirming their beliefs uh, or confirming them. I call it the daily dance of affirmation. So we're in a period like that right now where many hosts go on the air and tell the audience what they think the audience wants to hear and live in fear that the audience will be angry or upset that they've wandered off the reservation. I don't know know what I do. I I see that a lot. What I do, though, is I just do radio that fascinates me because I loved one of the things I love about being a talk show host is I can sit at the feet of anybody that I want and just soak it up and learn. And so what I love is I just love getting on the radio, uh, asking my questions just on the fly, as spontaneous as they can be, and keeping the conversation to where I'm fascinated with it. When an hour goes by and I'm super fascinated with it, I know I've done a pretty good job. When I uh, struggle through an hour or when I uh, feel like, you know what, I'm not very interested in this, I know I'm doing a horrible job. Mm. Well, of course, uh, talking about things that interest you comes across as the most authentic kind of radio. Do you, in, in your work, uh, what do you primarily do? Interviews such as this? Do you ever do long monologues? I do both. Uh, I, do, I do interviews like this with all kinds of people. I mean, I've had all kinds of In fact, I had Donald Trump's son, uh, Donald Trump Jr., on my program on Super Tuesday, for example. So that's one example of a guest. I had another guy on who um, was involved in a tree project where they grow these huge, massive sequoia trees and, uh, you know, those huge, huge trees. Well, anyway, they found a way to get original seedlings from those and grow those trees around the world and they say that it really helps with climate change and everything else we interviewed a guy like that his name is david um archangels i think it's called for uh, anyway these trees so i do all kinds of interviews on so many subjects it's not even funny Uh, but you know what what overarches the show is it's all about god family and country and the protection of life liberty and property if we're free we can all talk michael oh there's no question that uh freedom uh, is um, is vital for talk radio to be able to function. Um, I personally believe that the First Amendment uh, is the foundation upon which um, American freedom is built. And um, I recently added to that list, I, I mean, my whole life, I've just, First Amendment, freedom of speech. Without that, we don't have America. We can call it America, but it's not America. We don't have freedom of speech. Now I'm starting to feel that there's another area that's being eroded by technology. And I don't know if the genie is out of the bottle, you know, the the toothpaste is out of the tube. But privacy, I believe, is as important to freedom as uh, the First Amendment and free speech. We are losing our privacy on a level that is alarming. And without privacy, um, even free speech doesn't matter. Because yeah, they're all pushing be... to pass this 702, this FISA stuff in secret. And I'm saying shame on their secrecy and asking Americans to call their congressmen and senators and say, look, let's just let that thing sunset. The spying on Americans has got to stop. Uh, so you dial 202-225-3121. That's 202-225-3121. And just be very polite. Remember, we want to learn how to win friends and influence people in our in our delivery. But just tell them, listen, 
We don't want this. Please, please. You know what? Make it see the light of day so we know what's going on. Don't do the backroom deals. And then secondarily, please let this sunset. Please let this go. I know why we panicked after you know 9-11 and got it, but now it's being misused and it's got to stop. We're going to take a quick pause. Michael, can you stay with me a little longer? Sure. All right. Michael Harrison with me, ladies and gentlemen, founder and president of Talkers Magazine. It's been around since 1990. It is the Bible of talk radio and the new media. Uh, the reason I want to have him stay is I want to talk a little bit more about Michael's life. He's a musician, too, uh, and a few other hubbies that are fascinating. We'll do it in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Millions of Americans have dealt with abnormally warm weather, high winds, and fire weather alerts this week, West Texas and all the way north to Chicago. There have been red flag warnings in place through late Monday. Some have been allowed to expire, but high wind alerts remain in place for communities in over a dozen states, especially in the central U.S. and south. Meanwhile, a major storm front's moving across the U.S., bringing snow to the mountain west and potential thunderstorms to the Midwest. A landmark U.S. Supreme Court hearing Monday centered on the influence of social media companies on online content. The court is scrutinizing laws supported by Republicans in Texas and Florida, which were enacted amid allegations that platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube exhibit bias against conservative viewpoints. If platforms that passively host the speech of billions of people are themselves the speakers and can discriminate, there will be no public square to speak of. Aaron Nielsen is the Texas Solicitor General. These companies contend that any regulations targeting them infringe upon their First Amendment freedom of speech rights. President Biden says he's hopeful there will be a ceasefire in Gaza by next week. Speaking to reporters, he said that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan tells him that it is close, but, quote, not done yet. Meanwhile, the White House announcing President Biden scheduled to visit the U.S.-Mexico border on Thursday. The president's visit comes amidst mounting criticism of his immigration policy. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre telling reporters the president intends to encourage Republicans to reconsider the border deal that was brokered by a bipartisan group of senators. Stop to play in politics and to provide the funding needed for additional U.S. Border Patrol agents, more asylum officers. That agreement collapsed earlier this month following staunch opposition from Republicans who argued that it lacked sufficient measures to stem the tide of illegal immigration. USA's John Schaefer. This is USA News. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. The six-piece towels that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now... Now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's MyPillow.com, promo code USA. What do you wish your parents would do to show you they love 
that I would have a huge slumber party with all the girls there. Play with me more often. My mom's so busy with the board meeting. To spend more time together as a family. Do more out-of-the-house activities. This is a tough one. My parents, they do everything they love me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a roof over my head. They don't need to show it to me. I just know they love me. Well, not yelling at me very much. What do you wish? What do you wish? Raise my allowance. To not argue together. Um, have my dad be home more for dinner and stuff so that it could be even closer. Family. Isn't it about time? Buy me an ice cream and kiss me to love me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, what's the next question? Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. I've got Michael Harrison with me, founder and president of Talkers Magazine, talkers.com, to learn more. There's incredible columns there that you can check out. It's updates on radio daily, what's happening in the industry, and a whole lot more. Sometimes it's, you know, who moves where if they're popular personalities and such. Sometimes it's interesting uh, news that's not political. Once in a while, it's a little bit political. And I, I find this fascinating, Michael. You've been in this for a long time. And there's been a lot of, as you mentioned, fads and changes. And one day something's in, the next day something's out. And how do you not step in it politically and do what you do uh, to make it about the median and about what we can do as, as individuals, free speech being at the core, uh, but yet not not really run sideways from people. You've done a masterful job at that. I think there's very few that could get that done. Well, it's sincere because I believe in the, um, I'm a broadcaster first. I'm not a politician. I, I like politics, but I, I see politics, and I think politics is very important to our well-being, obviously, but I don't live and breathe politics. I live and breathe communications. I live and breathe popular culture. I live and breathe technology and um, the society that it forges. That's where I'm coming from. So it isn't that hard for me to say, hey, somebody in this business who has a platform, a big voice, and has respect of uh, all factions had better be an objective overviewer of what's going on and not be in the fray. And I've made it a point to do that. As a result, both the left and the right uh, support our work because you know, if I were to say that somebody on the right is really doing a great job, 
or somebody on the left is really doing a great job. Coming from me, it sounds credible. Coming from somebody who's already on the left or already on the right, immediately it's tainted as being biased. Almost everything is biased. So I found myself a niche. Don't be biased. But that doesn't mean that I'm not critical. I, nothing offends me more than people who are irresponsible with the platform that they have, people that take advantage of it, people that lie, people that are deceptive. Uh, that I'm very, very critical of. But I don't get involved in the left or the right thing because I believe I, I'm more um, theoretical. I believe that everything will have a left and everything will have a right. And if you cut it in half, you'll have a new left and a new right. It's like a, cutting a magnet in half. You'll wind up with a, uh, with a north and a south pole no matter what you do. Uh, if suddenly all the liberals left the planet and only conservatives were left, I believe within five minutes we'd have the liberal faction of the conservatives and we'd go right back to where we were. Absolutely. So I, 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 don't get in, I don't get into that, uh, um, but I respect it. It's important. And as a result, I think I support um, the benefit of the people of America by having a strong and free media, which I, which I work very um, you know, fastidiously to preserve. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've done what I can do. We, we have a voice. We, we, we play a role. But um, nothing is the be-all or the end-all in this crazy world. As I said before, it's a very noisy world. And um, dealing with the new media is a challenge that the human race is facing because it's challenging our very notion of what it is to be human. And, and this is a discussion that in the next 10, 15, 20 years people are going to be having, like, you know, people won't say, oh, you're a rhino. Well, that's not a Republican. Oh, that's not a real liberal. Oh, that's, gonna be, that's not very human <laughs> because the technology is going to be spawning new strains of humanity that we haven't even begun to think about. And the, the division, the great generational divides are going to become more uh, pro profound. Um, people that are raising little children today you better stay on top of what they're learning because they're going to leave you so in the dust that by the time they're in their 30s and 40s, you're going to be an, an archaic relic to them. The world that they live in is so different than the world we grew up in. It seems to me that one of the things to do is try to have a civility-based mindset. What I try to mm -hmm. do on the radio is I don't need to tell my listeners everything they need to think or believe or whatever. What I need to do is basically do great research so that I'm ready and then deliver the information on the kitchen table in a way that they can understand. And then, you know what? They can make up their own minds. I'm not afraid that they think differently than me or that they uh, come up with a different viewpoint than I may or whatever. That, that's not important. What's important is to deliver honest, credible information from the heart. Uh, and then I treat my listeners like family. And I say, you know what? I don't want to give you all my personal life details. It's not a Sam Bushman tell-all soap opera. But it is a, I want to tell you enough about me so that you feel like you're part of my radio show as family. That, that, I yes. ma that you matter to me in a way that I'm speaking to you individually on the radio. Isn't that the beginning of social media, really, Michael? Well, yeah. Well, radio is the first social media. <laughs> I mean, talk radio especially is the first of the modern era of social media. You know, the idea that you're, you're on the radio and you're taking phone calls and people are calling and other people are listening and then they're calling in reaction to what you said. And all of a sudden there's a network of, uh, of thought and reaction going on within the web that you're spinning as opposed to just uh, a DJ playing records. But even the DJs back in the 50s and 60s, the golden era of top 40 radio, they took requests and they took dedications. They, 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 you know, and the following song is going out to Jamie in Smithtown and Johnny in Jonestown and, and, and uh, you know, I, I love you, Susie. And da, da, da. 
What do you think that was? That was now the I'm thinking of Rick Stone Bees Cold. and Casey Kasem, right? Yeah, Casey Kasem. Here's a long distance request. Uh, it it was social media. It was the beginning of social media as we have it today. So radio is is a tremendous medium. I just served as executive advisor to UNESCO at the United Nations for World Radio Day 2024. Um, a century of informing, a century of uh, educating, a century of entertaining. And it's just beginning. There's no reason why, why radio in one form or another, not necessarily AM or FM, but just radio, the idea of what radio is, as opposed to audio, which is a lot larger and less interesting. Um, radio uh, can be around another hundred years and serve the public effectively. With voices like Michael Harrison over at Talkers, it certainly will. Now, I just want to show you how prolific Michael is in terms of his ability to read what's happening in the world around him and adapt to it on the fly. Listen to this headline. It's over at talkers.com if you want to find it. I don't have time for the whole article, but it says this. Driven by talk radio, Gun Hill Road song, Idiots, continues to resonate on the Internet. Wait a minute. We just took music, talk radio, and the Internet and blew something up. <laughs> and talkers covered it beautifully, Michael. Tell us about that a little Thank bit. Because this is another well, side uh, of you, too, right? Well, yeah. I am a member of a band. <laughs> I'm an old member of an old band that has very young ideas. Uh, the band is called Gun Hill Road. The old people in your audience, <laughs> the old people in your audience, well, they remember a hit single back in the early 70s called Back When My Hair Was Short. Even then, Gun Hill Road was doing provocative lyrics. I started out with Gun Hill Road playing them as a DJ. I was uh, one of the biggest supporters of them, and I wound up joining the band. The band has been around for 50 years. And um, with the talk radio, the band and my involvement in it, this, the band has been making songs that are meant to be played on talk radio, not music radio, talk radio. They deal with provocative subjects. Uh, the song Idiot, uh, Idiots, which um, we have out, and um, people can see the video at idiotsvideo.com, basically operates under the premise that idiocy is the big, big danger to our democracy, that one of the things that can really bring America down is if we have an idiot population and there are reasons to believe that idiocy is on the rise and uh, we deal with it in that song um we have a song coming out in two weeks which i'll, I'll send you an advance um uh, click to the video of it it's called damn scammers get off my phone scams are a huge issue that people face in their life it's choking us to death the fact that you don't know what to trust anymore uh, that, that the institutions that we um, have depended upon have turned on us, you know, uh, your bank, your insurance company, uh, health care, big, big uh, pharma, big tech. Uh, it's, it's dangerous out there. The world is it's like a dirty street. And um, and that's happening. So we deal with songs like that. Uh, we have songs um, uh, about animal welfare, people who are animal lovers, the, you know, cruelty to animals, um, all kinds of songs. So um, it's been very, very, uh, it's been fun for me. Uh, there are four members of the band. It's a four-way business in terms of we collaborate. They're fabulous musicians. I'm the least talented. 
Um, the uh, Gun Hill Road is Steve uh, Goldrich, Paul Reich, Brian Coonan, and Michael Harrison. That's me. And uh, we write the songs and we perform them. And uh, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm very proud of it. But I really get a kick out of it. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> some of it crosses a lot of different genres too. Some of it's quite jazzy. And, and it, anyway, it's got some oh, yeah. backbeats and stuff like that. That that's unique uh, to span so many decades like that, right? Well, I, I'm sort of eclectic in my musical tastes the same way I am in my um, in subject matter. Uh, for, uh, as a matter of fact, I was delighted to hear that you were talking about um, agriculture. You were talking about the redwoods. You were talking about... Uh, Go ahead and yeah, skip the break. Research. This is too good. Very good. Very good stuff. So, you know. All right. Michael, I, I got a couple of quick questions for you. Hopefully, they'll be set a little bit rapid fire. Not, not too much so, but I know you got to fly. But look... The world's getting crazier by the second, it seems. Mm-hmm. Do you believe talk radio can kind of steady that rudder and kind of bring civility back to the table? And can we can we provide leadership there? We can provide leadership and we can make an attempt to do that. I, I um, as much as I'm a booster for talk radio, I'm not a dreamer. I'm not self-delusional. I think the problems uh, facing the world are greater than any one platform or one form of media could um could, could stop and change, but I think we've got to try. So the answer is yes and no. Uh, we, we can set an example. We can contribute to civility. We can contribute to uh, progress and open-mindedness and, and, and uh, sharing and uh, working together, uh, cooperation. We can, but how do I personally feel in terms of betting on the future? I don't know. I think that the future is ours to make, and I think that danger has always always been part of the the human experience of, of being alive on this plane of existence. I think that uh, God expects us to work at it. Um, I believe in the, um, in the expression, God helps those who help themselves. I think we have to do the work. And um, I don't know what the result will be. It's very challenging. What do you think that if you could boil it down in, in the world or whatever, what do you think the biggest problem we face as the human race? And number two, what do you think we can do about it? Personally, I think the biggest problem we face in the human race is uh, coming to grips with our own complexity, coming to grips with uh, the fact that uh, there still is good and evil amongst us, um, a, wrestling with the, the mystery of human nature and the danger uh, that Homo sapiens uh, brings to the planet. We are a dangerous uh, species. Uh, we, we also are, uh, on the other side of the coin, amazingly uh, enlightened. Uh, we have one foot in the, in the slime and one foot in heaven. Uh, we, we are halfway there. We're a work in progress. So I think the most dangerous thing uh, facing us is us, um, our darker side. And I think that we have to work at changing our nature and rooting out those things within us that generation after generation, epoch after epoch, comes and, and, and ruins all of our good work. It comes from us. So I think the biggest danger facing the human race is the human race. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the great thinkers of modern times, Michael Harrison, president and founder of Talkers.com, the Bible of talk radio and new media and media all over the world now. Uh, Last question for you, Michael, that I know you got to fly. That's this. I brought up all the questions. I brought up all the, what do you want to tell America that I've left out? Oh, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I could talk forever. 
uh, you haven't left anything out. I'm sitting here thinking um, in the privacy of my own thoughts, which I'll now make public, what a great interviewer you are and, and uh, how prepared for a guy that says you do it on the fly, how prepared you were knowing so much about me and knowing about the things that interest me and asking questions that absolutely hit the target right on the bullseye. Uh, there was no wasted conversation in this uh, wonderful 40 minutes that I've spent with you. And um, I only hope that I fulfilled my end of the bargain. But no, you didn't. There's nothing. I'm not saying, oh, gosh, he didn't talk about this. Oh, he didn't do that. Uh, you even promoted my music. And, you know, I didn't come here to promote anything. Uh, I'm, I'm not selling anything. So you you really asked every question that I could hope for. I do think that there's room for you and I to talk again. <laughs> I don't think either of us could ever, we could ever exhaust all the subject matter out there. But I'm very satisfied. I'm coming away from this feeling that I, 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 I really uh, had a chance to really talk to your audience and to talk to you about things that interest me and things are, that are pertinent to, uh, to my own uh, work in, uh, in the world and my own existence. So I'm very satisfied. Michael Harrison, everybody. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Sam. It was a pleasure. There he goes, doing a phenomenal job. Look, the man's incredibly busy. He runs Talkers Mag. He's involved in all over the world with all kinds of media. And I mean, as you can tell, the guy's been there from the beginning almost. I shouldn't say the beginning. It makes him older than he is. But I'm talking about from the beginning of talk radio, for the beginning of modern day media and everything. Else. And he has adapted, adapted, adapted and stayed relevant this whole time. And now on the radio, you hear this guy's, you know, vision of the future. And he's not sure what it means. Just like the rest of us, you can't know. We're not there yet, right? I'm a, I've never been this old before. <laughs> but I'm saying to you that, look, he has a vision, though, which is I have hope for this world. I believe that we can uh, deliver incredible contributions to what's happening around us. I believe we must be relevant and live in the present, but yet we've got to realize the future is the key. And how do we embrace it in a meaningful way? How do we provide leadership? How do we focus on... And I think it takes our whole characters coming to the table. You know, Sam Bushman isn't just, you know, decent with words. Uh, Sam Bushman isn't just on the air every day. But he's got a unique personality. He's got something to bring to the table. Uh, and those around him do as well. And that's one of the reasons that I created the, the name of the show, Liberty Roundtable Live. It isn't named after Sam Bushman. Because it's not really about me. That's not the goal. I don't need to be a rock star. What I need to do is bring to the table topics that matter, topics that are relevant to you, to your life, to your loved ones, to your career, to your ability to support your family, to everything under the sun, healthcare on down, right? Everything. And, and my goal then is to position topics and discussions and, and points of interest to where it betters your life, to where it gives you uh, maybe a little bit of guidance, but more importantly, information that you can then digest and, and use in your life as you see fit. I don't need to control anybody. I don't need to lord over anybody. I don't, I don't need any of that. What I need, though, is to just sit at the feet of great people and learn and listen and learn and talk and ask questions. And, and then, you know, day by day, I just have this wonderful time on the radio. I get a little bit smarter. Although the problem with that is every time I learn more, I realize I know less. And that's kind of a personal dilemma that I, I battle internally myself. Uh, but suffice it to say, it's something that we need to work on together. And that's why I brought Liberty Roundtable to, 
to the table, pardon the pun, um, because it's not about me. It's about me bringing experts in all kinds of fields. I talked about the trees and I talked about Donald Trump and now we've got Michael Harrison on it. We do all these different interviews with all these unique people, preparedness experts to financial experts to um, coin dealers to, and, and we bring all these because they all have something to say and something to deliver and something to educate about and inform about. And sometimes it's only about entertainment. Okay, when I talk about, say, The Chosen, or talk about a play that I just went to. I went and saw The Foreigner the other day. Man, what a great play that was. The Foreigner. I mean, it's just comical. The guy doesn't... Uh, an older lady who uh, this gentleman befriends and is kind to and helps out and stuff like that really is fascinated, wanting to meet a foreigner. And so he brings his buddy from England or whatever and says that he can't speak English. And the whole thing is about this guy not talking, but he's just dying to say something, right? Uh, and, and so he's the foreigner, and, well, he really does speak English, so he's hearing everything they're saying, and they're all talking about him, thinking he doesn't understand, that he doesn't know. And, um, and then there's this, this dumb guy in the room, too. But anyway, anyway, the dumb guy isn't quite so dumb because he eventually teaches the guy that supposedly doesn't, teach or doesn't know English English, right? Anyway, it's a unique cast of characters. It's, it's, a, it's a fun play uh, to watch and go to and stuff like that. So around Valentine's Day, see, I talk about that play. And then I went to this play with my wife and that I had this great time. And what a fascinating, it's just amazing the talents other people have, the, the ability to sing and act and respond on the fly. And I, mean, I might have that a little bit for talk radio. I hope to have a stage presence that, that you know, is interesting and, and informative and, and, and resonates and connects, right? I hope to have my eyes open and look at you when we're talking. Uh, but I, at the same time, say these other people are so talented in so many ways. Uh, Michael Harrison, in full circle discussion, he amazes me because he's managed to navigate this talk radio, probably one of the most prolific, I don't know what you want to call it, nuanced medium that there is. He navigates it adeptly to where, you know what? Everybody loves talkers. Um, it's a place where you get information. It's a place where you discover new technology. It's a place where you meet new friends. It's, it's all these different things. If you're interested in the, the talk radio industry at all, it is the place to go, talkers.com. Uh, but he's navigated this so skillfully, so adeptly to where he doesn't have enemies. The liberals are friends with him. The conservatives are friends with him. The hardcore whatever are friends with him. Everybody realizes that he, that he brings to the table something that very, very few of us could actually achieve, which is longevity in the industry. Uh, in a in a very difficult industry, but he's managed to kind of rise above it in a in a professional way. I mean, one day he's at the United Nations, the next day he's with Sam Bushman talking about, hey, we got to reject FISA seven hundred two spying, and then he. But man, it's interesting that this founder and president of Talkers Magazine has put together the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media. I find that interesting. It's becoming more and more about talk, and he highlights to you, even in the old days, they had their own way of talk radio even in the middle of music. And so understand that radio is incredibly personality-driven. That's radio. And the people who do best at radio, first off, they got to learn to show up consistently. Secondly, they got to prepare big time. I don't want you guys to think that I just come on the radio. Hey, I didn't write down any questions in advance for Michael. Not a single question did I have written down. I made them all up on the fly. But I did do a bunch of study about Michael and his life and listen to some of his music and go to his website and check out some articles. That's how I grabbed that one article that I highlighted. Um, driven by talk radio, Gun Hill Road. 
song continues to resonate on the internet because man it just crosses all that i'm talking about and so that when i saw that headline and read that article and then i see you know the talk radio stuff that he does and then i see that man he's managed to get along and work with everybody and then i see that he's got you know music that literally extends from like 1972 and they're cranking out some tunes now and i go wow man this guy is something Anyway, it, it's not a, a love on Michael Fest, except for I want to bring personality-driven people to you, people who have unique personalities, people who have fascinating pursuits, people who have desires to make the world a better place, and just how unique everybody's approach to doing it is. Michael's approach and my approach, completely different, right? No one can say that I'm able to get along with everybody. The liberals probably hate me. Uh, but you know what? I don't hate them. I, I think that they have the right to think what they think. And they have the reasons to think what they think. And in this great idea-generating factory called Talk Radio in America and around the world, there's room for everybody. That's what I think. I don't need to take away your views or destroy your ideas or attack you. Why don't we just let our ideas form and discuss it openly and candidly and, and agree when there's agreement and learn to disagree agreeably when there's disagreement and, and, and move forward and all of us just learn and grow and contribute where we can and like the program started, you know what, Sam Bushman, you've got two ears and one mouth. Learn to use them proportionately. Uh, and I hope to do that in the interviews. I never bring somebody on to attack them or to ridicule them or to uh, debunk them or whatever. If I'm going to have a guest on, even if I agree or disagree with the topic, I'm going to let you hear what they have to say and let you make up your own mind. Because to me in the media, it's about the who, what, when, where, why of a topic. We want to be news-based in terms of our facts. We want to be talk radio-based and talk show-based uh, when it comes to how we deliver, it's not hardcore news. It's not all formal. It's just me talking to my friends on the radio or me and my incredible guests talking to my friends on the radio. And I always want the guests to be the rock star of the hour. I want them to get the focus because then you can learn about them. Hopefully, when you get done with this interview, you go, man, I feel like I kind of know Michael Harrison. I get it. I'm not his best friend. We don't hang out every day. But you know what? Wow, what a, what a great thinker in the industry. What about a mover and a shaker behind the scenes that has made such a difference to so many? And sometimes the unsung hero deserves the credit. We try to do that on Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, I am Sam Bushman, and I, I hope what I have to say makes your life a little better. Maybe you have a better day because of it. Maybe you have a little joke here or there. Maybe you go, hmm, Michael Harrison is inspiring. I'm going to whatever in your life. And you can be the best person you can be. It's never a competition. We're just trying to all evolve into the best people we can be. Kindness, love, credibility, support, friendship, bearing one another's burdens. That's who we are, and that's what we should be doing, in my humble opinion, to which I'm entitled. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Thanks to MichaelHarrisonTalkers.com for an incredible interview. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>